0: Um, yeah, good morning, everyone. Good morning, church family. It's fun to be here. I'm excited to be here. Um, yeah, you're, I have a church family back in San Luis Obispo where I live, and it's fun to be back here with you guys. I'm really excited. I was just here like a little over a week ago, and then Philip called me, and he's like, I know I should ask you when you were home, <laughs> but I was wondering if you could come back and uh, share a little bit about crew and the ministry, and then just, yeah, share a little exhortation with you guys. So, yeah, I'm excited to be here and to do that with you this morning. Um, So I'm going to, what I'm doing today is just, you get to hear a little bit of my testimony, a little bit about my time with crew and wrapping up. Um, It's cool, I can see the back of the slides, that's sweet, that's different. (laughs) And so yeah, I'm just going to jump right into it and yeah, we'll go. Um, So yeah, I'm excited to be here. Um, Like you said, my name's Daniel and I went to Cal Poly, as a lot of you know, went to Cal Poly um, in San Luis Obispo. Uh, from 2007 to 2012. So I did the little five-year program there. Um, (laughs) Actually switched majors, so that pushed me back a year. And uh, I studied, I ended up with a degree in psychology, and I loved it. It was a great school. It's a beautiful place to live. Um, Yeah, and I had a a bunch of fun there and uh, got involved with this ministry called Crew. And so um, that's what I'm going to... Share with you a little bit about how um, Crew really impacted my life, and it's a significant part of my testimony. So we're just going to start with that and walk through it. And so, um, yeah, I got involved with Crew my freshman year. Um, it was through this ministry, really, that God um, awakened me from merely um, identifying as a Christian, um, just like in my head, and like, oh, I am Christian, to really believing it and understanding the truth of the gospel, and really receiving it all for like what it is. Um, and so. And like how that came about really was um, college was really the first time in my life that um, uh students, mainly in my freshman year, in the dorms, people would come up to me and ask me, why, like, so why are you Christian? I would tell people I'm Christian. I grew up in a Christian home. My parents, Vicky, Glenn, Mom, Dad, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, they shared the gospel with me when I was young. I think it was like seven or eight when, like, me and my sister, like, sat around the table. We prayed to receive Christ. And so I knew, like, I'm not a perfect person. I have sin. But something about it, like, there was no real more growth and no really I guess trial and people questioning like why why are you Christian really thinking about like why I was Christian so college came around and it's like I had these morals and I was like I'm not gonna go out drinking and stuff so people started to ask me so why are you Christian why do you believe in Jesus like why is he significant uh, to you and uh, why don't you drink and why do you have these certain standards for your life and and I was like I actually don't know how to answer a lot of those questions, and it was actually kind of puzzling, so I was like, I've been identifying with this my whole life, and yet I can't necessarily explain the meaning and purpose of Christ in my life, and uh, the significance of Him. And so, yeah, realistically, it wasn't just, why do I believe what I believe, it's um, why do I identify this, and do I believe this? Um, and if so, why do I believe it? And so that's what my freshman year really was a journey for me um, examining these things. Um, Why do I believe what I believe or why do I identify with being Christian? Really, do I believe this? And so it was kind of like um, looking back at my life before that, it was really just I was living for the approval of others. I was living for girls. I was living for attention. Those are my gods. Those are things I was really looking for satisfaction in and hope in. And so when I got to college and people were asking me, it really set me on a journey. It's like, well, what should I what does God say I should be living for? Um, if he's real, if he's true, if the Bible's true, what should I be living for? And so um, really getting involved with crew, I think I avoided Crew at, like for a while, uh, but they really persistent, like knocking on my dorm door, and like, you should go to the Bible study, and I was like, maybe. Um, and then eventually, um, yeah, my roommate's like, we should go to the Bible study. He's like, yeah, we probably should go to the Bible study. Um, and so we went, and that, through the community of believers there, through... Um, Bible studies through discipleship—it's a really big thing in crew—and through weekly meetings and teaching of the Bible, um, and through like asking all these really hard questions I had with other people um, who were actually growing in their faith. And the first time I ever saw Christians around my age that were taking their faith seriously, and I was able to ask them questions and think like think through these really hard things, really core beliefs that I had. Um, I got to ask them those. And um, it was through that that really God opened my eyes uh, to the gospel, the truth of the gospel. I recognized the weight of my sin um, and my need for Jesus, that he was my only provision. And it was really the end of that freshman year, there was no, like, one moment. I was like, my life is completely different. It was like a, a series of events, and I realized at the end of that year, it's like, yeah, I have a completely different understanding, a biblical understanding of why I'm Christian. And so that's a general piece of my testimony. I think there's a lot more in that, that I could talk about. Um, but that makes the easy transition, and that's why Crew exists. Um, so up there's a picture. That's actually a picture of our weekly meeting at Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo. So there's, there's a lot of people. We're going to talk more about it in a second, but it's amazing what God's doing there. Um, Crew exists all over the world. Um, I think there's 35,000 staff members alone all over the world, All like almost yeah, all countries, um, all continents, for sure. Um, and so, yeah, people all over. And, um, yeah, so God's really blessed the ministry in San Luis Obispo. Um, and so that's why it exists. It exists to give every student an opportunity to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. That's kind of their motto. Um, and they do this um, through a threefold method, kind of, and it's win, build, and send. And I wasn't really too excited about this. I was like, win? That sounds so, like pushy, like winning people over for Christ. You're not going to go, hey, I want to win you over (laughs) for Jesus. I feel like I want to initiate a conversation like that. But really the heart behind it is this. And so it's not merely just giving people an opportunity to hear about um, Jesus, but really trusting God um, so that students are won over from death to life in Christ, built up in truth, and then sent out to share the gospel all over the world. And that's really um, why Crew exists and their mission is to reach specifically college students and within crew, there's like more things like faculty and then like military. There's all sorts of things. But my focus and what really impacted me was the student ministry, the college ministry. Um, yeah, and really all of this, what, which is so amazing, all of this so that Christ might be glorified in all the earth and that all peoples might be satisfied in Him. And so that's really the heart of it. And so if you ever know someone going to college or someone within college and not plugged into a ministry, like you could always ask me about it. I love crew, and there's other great ministries too. And um, just ask me or tell me that you know someone, and if they want to get plugged in, I could help with that. Um, yeah. And so, really, when I um, uh, experienced like throughout college, all five years, experienced that life change, um, God really began to grow me in my faith. I I feel like every year is like I'm learning new things, and I feel like I I love Him so much more, and I'm understanding more of His purpose for my life. Um, I remember thinking, if God could save me. Um, then he could save anyone, and I, and I wanted to be a part of, um, a part of that, and whatever plan he had uh, for my life. And and we know in the Great Commission we're, command, we're commanded to go out and make disciples of all nations. So I was like, I want to be a part of this. And so that's uh, really what got me thinking about um, working with Crew. And so um, yeah, I was involved for five years as a student. So it was kind of a natural transition. I was like, well, it makes sense for me to then just jump right on and intern with crew um, there in uh, San Luis Obispo, but really, um, yeah, through a series of, oh, there's a time, cool, Um, (laughs) through a series of um, going on a vision trip overseas, I was like, I know God wants to reach people in the world, too, and right now, my scope is like, I just want to reach people here in San Luis Obispo, and so I was like, well, I'll go on a vision trip, went on a vision trip, I think I might have shared this with you guys, but ultimately, I came back, and I was like, yeah, I don't don't want to go to East Asia. That's where I went on the vision trip with East Asia. It's like cool. Some people are probably called there, but definitely not me. That's not where I want to be. Um, so I came back and I was like, perfect. It solidified then that I want to intern in San Luis Obispo. But really, I mean, just the one verse. I think Phil is probably going to talk about this a little. John 10:16 is a verse that completely like transformed my view of going overseas. And it basically, it's talking about God. God a sheep of another fold in other parts of the world and when they hear his voice they will listen and come to him. So I was like thinking I was like holy cow like there's going to be people if I go over there. It's a promise in the scripture that that God has sheep that don't know him yet and when they hear the truth of the gospel they will respond and receive him as lord and savior and so i was like that's good enough reason for me to go over there even if i (laughs) didn't want to at first and really all it was a selfish reason so i was like i'm not comfortable here i don't have a heart for these people naturally but all those things were easily dismissed like god has a heart for these people he could comfort me here he could supply all my needs here so and he's promised to save people not every person i talk to but people will hear him and respond to the gospel and receive life in him so i was like why not go that's a good enough reason for me and so um i'm going to talk about those pictures in a second um let's see Yeah, and so that's really what, yeah, I'll just give you a quick updates, um, a few quick updates. I just finished with crew, so I'm not working with them anymore. And so, yeah, the first year I went over there, and um, you guys are a huge part of um, why I got to go over there on this church, and many of you individually have supported me financially and have prayed for me um, while I've been over there. Um, And so thank you to all of you. Um, Even if you didn't know it, you supported me. And so, yeah, here's a quick little update on stint. The guy on the top left is Parsons. Um, He was one of the students we met. We didn't know any Chinese students at all when we went there. Um, And so it was pretty amazing to see, like, we didn't have, like, a hundred-person ministry at the end of the year. We had, like, 10 to 12 students, and the bottom right is a lot of those students um, right there. Um, But Parsons um, was someone who became Christian, Um, It was actually Christian when we got there, we just met him through going on campuses and meeting people and um, he's actually now, just a quick update, he's decided to I work full-time as staff with crew that continue to reach Chinese students. So a really exciting thing from, like, just thinking about, like, we didn't know anyone in our city, to now think there's going to be someone who's like, I, wanna, this is, I want this to be my full-time job to reach people in my own country. Um, and that picture to the right, that's just um, the city I was in. That's actually a clear day, <laughs> amazingly. It looks pretty fa- or hazy, um, but it was actually a clear day. And then, really cool picture, bottom left. Um, is this girl, Angie, and this guy, Clark. And um, Angie was another Christian that we met, and we got to disciple her and, like, just do Bible studies with her, and she grew so much in her faith. And the whole... What we wanted to see is basically students begin to share their faith and kind of take ownership of the ministry. And the very... This is, like, three days before we left. Angie uh, brought this... One of of her classmates, and Clark um, was asking her all these questions about God. And she actually... Um, got to share the gospel with him over the course of a few days and kept sharing it with him. And this was one of the last days and he's like, I think I want a relationship with Jesus. I want to begin that relationship. And we got to see her, we didn't do anything. We got to see her lead him to Christ and just get to celebrate with her. And it's just like a really cool thing to see, knowing no one, what God did and the few students we got to work with and that they're already understanding the purpose of multiplying their faith into others and got to see that. So that was really exciting. So that's just a little update in East Asia. I get to keep in contact with some of them. Um, every now and then uh, through email, which is awesome. And so in the next slide um, shows um, just some pictures from Slow Crew. That's what we call it. It's just Crew in San Luis Obispo. Um, and so, again, it's just a massive ministry. It's a completely different ministry. Same purpose. Truth's needed everywhere. It just looks a little different there because there's so many people, and you're just you know, more um, developing students and giving a lot of free, like, I guess, empowering a lot of student leaders to do the ministry. Um, and so, um, yeah, um, that top right picture is really awesome. That's not a weekly meeting. That's actually over 100 new Bible st- study leaders that are gonna, going to go into the dorms actually this next month. And so it's pretty amazing, like, how that works. It's just like, yeah, there's a bunch of Bible studies at Cal Poly, and then Bible study leaders encourage or challenge Um, people within their study to say, would you like to lead a study in the dorms and reach people on this campus? And that was the training or the invitation to go through that process. Um, And so, yeah, we're going to have like 80 plus, about 100 new um, sophomores, juniors, seniors that are going to go into the dorm um, within this next month to really initiate conversations, to share the gospel, to reach uh, college students at Cal Poly. So it's pretty amazing, super exciting thing at Cal Poly. That guy top left, his name's Riley. He's one of the guys in my Bible study, and that I got the disciple and just got really close to this past year. Um, he actually just left a few weeks ago for the Middle East, and he's doing what I did: stint as a short-term international missions trip for a year um, in the Middle East in Turkey, actually. And so it was just super exciting to see like just how he was so humbled and, uh, humble, humbled, humbled, and like willing to just be used by God over there. Um, the bottom right picture is our staff team from last year. I'm really sad to like not be on that team anymore. We all got along really well. There's like 25 of us, uh, more or less. Um, and then the bottom left is the most recent thing I got to be a part of. On um, this past summer, uh, beginning of the summer, I was in Santa Monica on a summer project. And so what that is is basically a summer missions trip, six weeks to 10 weeks, depending on which project you go to. Um, and I got to be with 82, 83 college students from all over the US. Um, um, involved with crew and the point of going there is to be built up in their faith, to be trained in how to share the gospel. We did so much, I did more evangelism that those five weeks than I did the whole year before and I kind of felt bad about that but it was amazing. <laughs> it's like wow, we're sharing our faith every day and such a cool thing. Um, and so yeah, um, I got to disciple and work with like six guys from all sorts of different universities in California. Um, It was just such a growing time for me. Really fun, probably the most fun way and growing way I could have ended my time with Crew. And so I was really thankful for that. Um, Super fun. And, yeah. And so, um, again, thank you for being a part of this. Hopefully, this is just a few snapshots. Um, I'm going to try and... The students made a newsletter for the Santa Monica Summer Project, so I think I'm going to try and put it on maybe the church website if you want to read some of their testimonies, see what God did in their lives. It's really cool to see. Um, I don't think there's anyone that like hated the project. Everyone loved it and like, grew so much. So, um, yeah, thank you for being a part of this. And um, So, yeah, I'm going to kind of transition. That one of my favorite parts of... Um, crew was discipleship, um, getting to do the one-on-one relationships, two-on-one relationships with guys, um, really focusing on things like just studying something in the Bible, content, um, doing ministry together, going out sharing our faith, or just inviting people over and building relationships with people. Um, or life is what we called it. And there's like those three things we did in discipleship, um, and life is just like kind of can be like accountability things, but just how, how's life going? <laughs> what do you want to talk about? So really focusing on those three things. Um, um, within the ministry and within discipleship, and I loved that, and it's, like, really helped me realize just how much um, I want to be doing that and be involved in people's lives, and so, um, yeah, and so one of the, I, f- I thought it'd be fun then, it's like, okay, well, what things have I covered in discipleship, and one of those things is the topic of the mind or life of the mind or whatever you want to call it, um, and it's just something really fascinating that I feel like God was teaching me this past year and that I got to discuss in discipleship with a lot of guys. And so I figured we would just spend the rest of the time covering that. Um, yeah, and covering that. So um, I think the next slide will be um, yeah where we start. And so um, thinking about thinking. It's kind of a funny question. But I, I actually, yeah, take some time to think about these real quick. I'll give like 10, 15 seconds. But how often do you think about thinking? What has been on your mind recently? Work, relationships, the future, the past, worries, hopes, dreams. Um, And it's not that any of these things are bad, um, but it's more like how have you been thinking about them? Um, And thinking about and realizing how you're thinking about certain things that are in your life, maybe situations, whatnot. um, Are they how you're thinking about them? Is it leading you to a deeper trust in God and fruit for His glory, or is it leading you away from Him and into sin? Actually, so just take, like, five, ten seconds about that to think about those things right now. Like, what's been going on in your life? What, what's your mind been set on recently? Um, how's that been affected? Is it God-glorifying, or is he absent in those thoughts? I know for me, when I first, or, we're going to read a quote in a second, when I first read this article on our mind and our thought life, I was like, yeah, what have I been thinking about? I'm not really aware. Like, how often do I think about thinking? Like, I think a lot, but I don't think about what I'm thinking about a lot. So it's just one of those weird things, and I was like, interesting. So how does this relate to my walk with God? So if we go to the next slide, um, John Piper has a quote. Um, It's actually from an article that he wrote. It says, One of the most remarkable capacities of the human mind is a capacity to direct its own attention to something it chooses. We can pause and say to our minds, think about this and not that. We can focus our attention on an idea or a picture or a problem or a hope. It is an amazing power. I doubt that animals have it. They are probably not self-reflective, but rather governed by impulse and instinct. Humans have the amazing ability to think about thinking and to choose an object of thought to dwell on. This is a gift from God, part of his image in us, and it is an immensely powerful means of our becoming what we ought to be. And so that I th- when I read this, I was like, that's a really good point. <laughs> it is remarkable that God's made us in a way that we could think about thinking, that we could, uh, if I, I mean, if I want a donut, <laughs> I could actually stop and say, like, well, I'm not governed by impulse, like, I have to eat this donut because I'm thinking about this donut. I could actually say, no, I don't <laughs> need to. I could actually change what, how I think about that. Maybe this isn't good for me to eat all day. Um, just a dumb example, but (laughs) it makes a point. We could actually stop thinking about one thing, turn our minds, and think about something else, and that's very true for our walk with God as well. Um, We could actually think about things that we're going to talk about in a second that ultimately lead to glorifying God and bearing fruit in our lives, or it could lead to things that (laughs) are selfish and of the flesh and lead to death, um, and really that don't, produce glory for God. And so, um, yeah, the Bible says this is really important. Um, The next slide um, emphasizes that the thought life and what we set our minds on is a life or death issue. Um, Sounds really extreme, but it is really extreme. Um, And so Romans Romans 8, 5 through 6 says, uh, for those who live according to the flesh— set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For, the, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Um, so we see that's like really extreme. Like, Is it really a life or death issue? And like how this works, I feel like it, if we're only setting our mind on things of the world or things of the flesh and never on God and understanding why he created us, then yeah, ultimately... Uh, we're living for ourselves. We're not living for God, and that's really what sin is. We're not worshiping God, we're worshiping ourselves. We're living for things of the flesh, and ultimately, if there's never repentance and turning away from that, yeah, it leads to death, separation from God for all of eternity. And conversely for that, if by the Spirit we're alive to the things of the Spirit, we're setting our minds on the things of God. It could be the Bible, truth, all of that, the gospel, all of that. Then, yeah, it really does lead to life, eternal life. That's the promise um, in the gospel. Um, Is this in a relationship with Jesus, setting our minds on Him, off of ourselves, and through a relationship with Him? Yeah, there's life eternal with Him. Um, And so, um, yeah, really, it's just like it's a life or death. Thing. And so, yeah, the Bible says it's really important. And um, so, we're going to actually look at now the gospel, just walk through it and see its significance and like how our mind actually is incorporated into the gospel. And just a lot of things I've been, as I've studied the Bible now in light of this, it's like, yeah, it's all over. It's just, it's amazing to see it. Um, So, yeah, we're starting, we're going to just walk through the gospel now. So, yeah, we're created to display God's glory. Uh, That's where we're going to start. Isaiah 43, uh, 6 through 7, says, Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Um, we, say, uh, we see that um, uh, God created us right there, whom I created for my glory. He formed and made us to, to, uh, for his glory. And so we could ask ourselves, like, really, what does that mean, though? Um, it, it's definitely not that we're adding to God's glory. <laughs> it's not that he has some void, and he created us to fill some void, and by us being created in his glory, that we're making him more glorious. It's not what it is. Um, but it really is that he's created us in a way to display his glory um, so that his, the earth would be filled with his glory, and he would be seen for who he is. Um, and it's actually meant to be a really good thing for us, too, and we're going to talk about that in a second. Um, um, so, yeah, being actually, let's see. Where do we want to go? Yeah, so we we're not adding to it. We want to display his glory. His glory. Um, and so this is actually why he created us in his image. We've been created in the image of God, and it's really so that we could display his glory. And so being made in the image means that we image God. I've heard it saying, like, it might be John Piper again. I think it said images are are created. Our images are meant to image things. <laughs> really simple. <laughs> and so, like in the same way, we were made in God's image to image God, to reflect God. The way we live, think, feel, and speak, um, all in a way that would call attention to His glory, to the brightness of His glory, who He is. And so, um, yeah. In the next slide, we're actually gonna we're gonna use um, a little metaphor here and talking about a mirror. I could use my phone, and you guys could see that. Um, yeah, and the point of this is just like, in the same way that um, a mirror reflects, we are created in God's image to reflect all that he is, his glory. And so um, if you have a mirror, I'll do it the same way as on the screen. <laughs> um, if I'm using my phone as an example. This is obviously the reflective side. Um, the other side's not. Um, God is God's light source. God's, his glory is shining on us. Um, we're the mirror created in his image. And as he shines on us and as we are, like, facing upward to him, enjoying a relationship with him, enjoying all of his glory, it's never meant to be a burdensome thing, but really enjoying all of his glory, um, we're reflecting that outward to the world. Um, In a perfect situation, yeah, like, the earth is filled with people who reflect the glory of God. Um, And he's truly made magnificent throughout the whole world. Um, And so um, this is ideal. <laughs> this is the way he's created us, and what he's created us for is to image forth his glory in the whole world. Um, but as we see in the gospel, the next slide is, is at the fall, what happens. Um, at the fall, um, Satan persuades us that we're actually more glorious. Our image, or things in this world, are more glorious and worthy of our focus and attention and setting our minds on than God, and so it's turned upside down. And so, just to say it real quick, this doesn't mean we're any less made in the image of God. We're still made in the image of God, and he's still glorious. He's not any less glorious. He's still shining down on us, and there's plenty of common grace blessings and stuff. But what happens is it's cast a shadow in this example, and we're looking down, at, and we become really obsessed, and we, we begin to worship ourselves, our own image, the shadow of our own image, um, things in this world um, Romans 1, um, 1, 22, and 23 says, Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. So this is what happened at the fall. This is what happened to us. If we exchanged the glory of God from looking up to him and we've been turned down, convinced, and sin entered our lives, and we say we love ourselves and we love things of this world way more than we love God. And in fact, so much so that like in Colossians one twenty one. Um, it says that um, in you who once were alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds and Romans 8 7 says for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God for it does not submit to God's law indeed it cannot our minds and this is where our mind comes in um, in sin before we ever knew God before we were saved um, our minds were hostile to him and we didn't glorify him we didn't live for him and they're completely closed off, and says, "Indeed, we cannot glorify. We can't live according to the law. Our minds are completely shut off to God, hostile to Him." And so, this is the problem. And because of this, it goes right back to Romans eight, and says, "Yeah, it leads to death. If we are only here, it leads to death. It's not the way He's created us to live. And it really, the fruit of this is separation from God for all of eternity. And so, this is not a good thing. <laughs> and so, but in salvation, um, there's great hope. And so." Um, and it's amazing. Again, it has to do with our mind, too. Um, in salvation, when we um, when our minds open to our sinfulness and when the Holy Spirit works in us in a way that opens our eyes to see that we do not live, we have not been living for God and actually living for lesser glories, um, when the Spirit opens our mind to that, and um, we recognizing who Jesus is and how he's our only provision, and we find life in him, the mirror's turned around, and so First um, Corinthians 2:11 through 12 says, "For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him?" So also no, so also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And so that's really what happens in salvation is that we're given the spirit of understanding of what God has freely given us, namely um, Christ, that he's given us a substitution um, so we don't have to pay the penalty for our sin. He's given us Christ who paid the penalty for our sin. And by the spirit, by us receiving the spirit, by him coming into our lives, He's actually given us understanding of that truth because once we know, we were hostile in mind. We never thought about this. We didn't need this. We are fine, loving ourselves, loving things of this world. But when the Spirit comes in to us, that's when we're awakened to the beautiful truth. Well, one, the terrifying truth that we shouldn't—we've been living the wrong way our whole lives. And two, the beautiful truth that there's actually provision for that. We're not left there. God, in God's love, He demonstrated our love, His love for us by sending Christ in, so that he might die for us and so we might have hope of a relationship with him. And so um, the mirrors turned around then. So in salvation, in this picture, yeah, the mirrors turned back around and I have Jesus above us. He's really like in us now, but God sees us through Jesus now. This is what justification is. We're seen as right with God because he sees us through Jesus' perfect life um, and all that he's accomplished for us. And, his new, his, and he, when he rose from the dead, he sees us as new and through Jesus. And so this is always the case. We are always seen this way now. It's an, an amazing thing, um, and um, we this way now we could actually we're looking up again at the glory of God again, and we actually can we're focused on Him. We actually realize now that this is kind of why we're created again. We could begin glorifying Him in the world. But if you'll notice, um, there's some green on that. And like, what the heck is that? Maybe it's an error. Um, no, it's actually there for a reason. Um, and <laughs> what that is, is yeah, we've been turned around. Um, in salvation, we have new life. But there's scum on our mirror. <laughs> we get, there's, there's sin in our lives still. We're not perfect. Practically, we're not perfect people. Positionally, we're right with God for sure. Our trust is fully in Jesus. Practically, we're, we need to be changed still. We need the sin in our lives to die, really, die to our old self and rise and really fulfill their new life that we've been given in Christ. And so as, like, the next slide in a second is going to show this more, but really the hope of this is that, yeah, we've been saved and we could begin to reflect uh, God's glory to the world now. And so the funny thing, like, it's scum on a mirror. And in East Asia, we use, like, code words because um, it's a closed country and stuff. And actually the word we use for sin was scum. So when I, like, heard this analogy for the first time and saw this. was like, wow, that like, makes so much sense to me. Like, We have scum in our lives. We have sin still. We're not perfect people yet. And so the next slide um, is really, this is, if you're a Christian, until you die, this is where you live. <laughs> you live in growth. You're right with God. You've been saved. It's not like you have to become saved over and over again. You're saved in Christ. And so for us, this is where we're at now. We're growing. Um, and so, um, just a few verses for this, um, and how it has to relate, how it relates to our mind. Um, wrong page. <laughs> um, Romans 12:2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Um, set to your mind on things above. Is another. Colossians 3:1 through 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. So again, yeah, we've died. And so how are we called to live now that we're we're died, we've died to our old self, we're alive in Christ. So what's this new life look like? How are we supposed to live? And it's really by setting our minds on things above, and it's being transformed by the renewal of our mind. Um, and this is so, so different from the previous one, right? Our eyes, like, even physically, literally, if you say, like, my mind's set on the things of the flesh, like, I'm looking at my flesh. It's so down and me-focused. But, like, to set my mind on things above is, like, physically lifting myself, my eyes off myself and focus on things of God. It's like, you can even take it literally in that sense. But, um, yeah, and it's so amazing. So, like... Um, this is how we're, call, we're called to live. Um, we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. Um, the Spirit, again, is still at work in us according to what's true, the Bible, the gospel. He continues to work that truth into our hearts, and it transforms our minds so that we're actually thinking about all things differently and eventually, ultimately, glorifying God more and more. Um, As my mind is being renewed, and I'm learning about areas, new areas, that, oh, I am a sinful person here, but it's being transformed by God's gospel and the truth of the Bible, and I actually begin to love those things more than my old ways, then that sin is diminished, and my new life is more glorifying and representative of who God is and how he wants to be seen throughout this whole earth. Um, And so John Piper, again, says, there's no quote up there for this. I'll just read it. It says, The mind is the window of the heart. If we let our minds constantly dwell on the dark, the heart will feel dark. But if we open the window of our mind to the light, the heart will feel light. Um, it, it just hits on, this is like, it's directly related to like how we feel too and how we act. It's not just some like, yeah, it's good to think really good things. But it's like really directed, or it's directly related to how we act, actions, how we feel throughout the day too. Um, and so I'm going to give an example of this in a second, but the next slide then is like, so what's setting our minds on things above? We already said it's like the Bible is truth, it's the gospel, it's all those things. But really, it's summed up in Philippians 4.8. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Um, think about these things. <laughs> um, yeah, so you could go through, phase, I mean, on. It's ultimately a call to like know the Bible and know the truth of it and set your mind on all these good things. But it's also, and I'm going to talk about this in a second. But it's like remembering God's faithfulness. We sung about that. It's considering His promises now. It's hoping for things in the future. Whatever is good, whatever is honorable, whatever is worthy of our thoughts, (laughs) think about those things. Um, And so, a quick example of this. Am I on time? Yeah. A quick example of this um, is when I was on stint. um, actually, okay, so I don't know if you guys knew, I actually had a really hard sitting year with our team. We had a lot of conflict on our team. Um, we went from seven people and we had like four people at the end of the year. Some people had to be sent home. One person got injured. It's really crazy stuff. Um, just a lot of tension during that year. And really there's conflict between different leadership styles and um, what people expected for ministry. And we were family, we were friends, we were ministry partners, co-workers. Like, that was just, that's kind of the d- d- dynamic of living in a foreign country with, like, four people. <laughs> They're your everything. Um, and so within that, there was, um, within that, there was some conflict between, there's two married couples, um, and then there's, like, me and my buddy Kirk and just two single dudes, and we're, like, witnessing all this conflict, and we were part of it in some ways, too. Uh, it's just like, yeah, like, I'm not married. I don't. Uh, what do I do? Like, do I talk to you? Do I? Oh, okay. It was just like really confusing at times. But basically, how this all in my mind relates, like how what I realized about this in the gospel is that like I was not using my mind to glorify God in this way, and really, and it was as like externally, I was like, I'm not, I'm not being rude to my teammates. I was really nice and gracious to them in person, um, but it was in my heart the th- thoughts that I had about them were not glorifying to God and not honoring to them and believing the best in them. Um, I was like, how could you expect this? How would, why would you expect us to do ministry this way? And then, like, why would you handle, you shouldn't handle this situation. Why would you bring up this controversy this way? And, like, that's not a good way to do it. And all these thoughts were going on internally, and I really, it made me bitter and angry, angry. and it actually came to a point where I was like, I hate this team. And I actually, like, realized I was saying that, and I was like, well, that's probably not good <laughs> to have those thoughts of them. It's like I shouldn't be thinking. These are my brothers and sisters in Christ, coworkers, family and friends. And I got to the point where I was saying I hate them. And like that's what where my thoughts led. And actually I was like, oh, at least it's not practically. There's no actions that are like, they're not seeing this. Actually they were. It was causing division on our team. I didn't want to spend any time with him. I didn't want to hang out and play games with them. I was just trying to avoid them. It's causing division on our team, not unity in our team. So my thoughts. What they led to, like, feelings of anger and hate towards my team and actions of division and not unity. And it was like, and I realized that. And so, and I actually realized that reverse. And so, like, it's a quick point I want to make. It's like, sure, what we think about affects our feelings and emotions and leads to actions, but it, we don't always, we're not always aware of the thoughts initially, but we could actually examine our actions. <laughs> how am I acting towards these people and how even am I feeling about the situation, or in my case, these people, and trace it back. And I was like, I am not spending time with them, and I actually hate them. <laughs> what is that saying about my thoughts? And really, what happened? And I didn't realize this till after stint is like um, actually transformed like my thinking. I was like, Well, who are they? Who? How sinful am I? How does the gospel come into this? What? How am I broken? How am I? Am, how should I example uh, give? How should I give them grace? (laughs) That's what I want to say. How should I express grace to them? How would Christ love them? Um, And really setting my mind on those things and actually allowed us to come together and humbly work together, humble ourselves, so we could actually bring more unity and be more fruitful in our ministry out there. And so that was just a crazy thing, but yeah, an amazing uh, way that I I didn't realize till after stint that God... Made me realize is like, this is what I was doing through your mind. You were thinking wrongly about this, and I wanted you to think differently and rightly about your teams and how to love them and how I would love them, and really so that you could be fruitful and be glorified in these relationships. Um, yeah. So, um, next slide. So, here are three ways I'm trying to practice this <laughs> um, remembering, considering, and hoping. Um, quickly, it's just remembering the gospel, his faithfulness, um, why, we, why we were created, created for the glory of God, trying to remember these things, setting my minds on these things, considering, this is very present, so that's kind of past, considering, considering things now, again, the gospel now, considering even the things that you just remembered <laughs> about the past, considering them now, um, his promises, are you anxious, like, consider the ravens, consider the lilies, he, like, has clothed them. He provides for birds. How much more will He provide for you? Consider those things. Fight anxiety with the truth of the gospel. Like consider these things: the promises now. Um, consider whatever is good. And then eventually, and then even hoping, hoping for things in the future. Hoping, hoping ultimately being with Christ. Um, that there won't be any sin. There's no pain. People from every tribe and nation will be there. The restoration of all things. We have a future hope and a guaranteed inheritance. With Christ in eternity forever. Think about those things. Fight the really disappointing things of life with your future hope of what's to come. Dwell on those things and hold those things until the sucky feeling of what you're experiencing here on this earth is pushed away and the joy of what you've been guaranteed and the promises of Christ fill you with joy. Um, And so all this to the glory of God. It's all this so that no matter what kind of situation we face, easy or difficult, the peace of Christ might reign in us. God might be glorified and others might see and enter into his presence. And that's, that's really what the mirror is doing. As we begin to reflect God, more and more people are going to notice that we are cherishing God. Like, how do you have peace in this sucky situation when maybe, I don't know, finances are hard. Any situation. You guys probably have a lot of situations in your life. Think of one. What if the peace of God reigned in your life and people saw that? Like, that is testimony and evangelism enough to start conversation for you to share why you have peace. Um, and so ultimately, yeah, it's to glorify God in this. And um, so we don't, have to be, we don't have to be mastered by our situations. And I think this is, this is why I've been learning it so much. It's like I could, we could, we're created to give glory to God in each situation. We're not guaranteed comfort. We're not guaranteed these really easy situations. But we can... Glorify God, and we could receive peace through the good times, obviously, but also through the hard. And ultimately, God is glorified through this, and your life is going to be reflecting him. People are going to notice that, and then by the power of the Holy Spirit, they're going to want that too, and they're going to come to him. And so, yeah, we're walking evangelists. We're living this out. Um, but we're not there yet. I don't have a slide for this, but this is in wrapping up. We're not there yet. Um, so, if there's any conviction, that's okay. That's just because we're not there yet, and that's good. We want to be more like this. We want the scum or sin of our lives to be wiped off more and more and more. But some encouragement Philippians 1 6. And I'm sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. He's promised to make us like Christ. He's going to keep wiping off the scum of our lives, so we better reflect the glory of God. And there's going to be seasons when it feels like that's not happening, but He's faithful to do that. Cling. Set your mind on this promise <laughs> that He's going to do that. Um, Philippians three twelve through fourteen. Not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Forget what's behind. That's part of repenting and turning. It's taken care of. You've been, the debt of your sin has been paid for in Christ. Forget what's, and strive, move forward towards Christ. Move forward to be renewed in him so that you might reflect him more and more. Don't get stuck. Don't get stuck in your sin and don't continue this sin by not moving forward. Confess it. Live in the freedom of the gospel and move forward in it. And so, lastly, just some thoughts to consider. Um, I do have a set for that, I think. So, (laughs) what truth do you need to remember today? What do you need to consider and what do you need to hope in? Given your situation's Yeah, given your situations, what do you need to remember today? What do you need to consider? What truths of the Bible? What do you need to be setting your mind on? Um, How does God want to renew how you are thinking about your current situations? And why does this matter? So I just want to leave you guys with that. Just really to maybe write those things down. Um, take some time today to think about those things. And how does God want to enter into how you're thinking about things? And ultimately, why does it matter? Because it, it's a matter of life or death. It's a matter of glorifying God and living out why you're created. And so this is something, obviously, I'm not perfect in, but I've been thinking about a lot and been trying to put in the practice. And it, it really does lead to life and peace and, um, and glory for God. And so, yeah, I hope you're encouraged by that. And I'd love to just pray for us now. Yeah. God, God, um, God, you are worthy of all glory. And um, yeah, we, we are broken people. Uh, but in your love, you did save us. And you didn't have to, but you did. Because you, you created us for your glory. You, you, you wanted to display your glory through us so that throughout the whole earth that we would display you and reflect you. and. But right now we recognize that, yeah, we don't set our minds on things above sometimes. And it really does affect our feelings. It really does affect how we treat others. And it affects really just how we act. And would you renew that? Would you transform us by the renewing of our minds? And would you, by your Spirit, help us to set our minds on things above so that ultimately, God, we might receive life and peace in you, that you might be glorified, God, and that others might want to enter into that peace, God, so that they might reflect you also. And so... Yeah, we thank you for this church. Thanks for this family. And thanks that you've promised to do this in us. And so maybe we not feel defeated in this, but just hopeful that, God, you are doing this now. And so um, we pray this in your son's name. Amen.